Welcome to Agent Unstuck Calls, where we talk to real estate agents who are experiencing a challenge in their real estate career and they're looking for an alternative solution. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Cerrone with MastermindAgent.com, and I'm excited about this episode, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Hey, Linda. Hi. How are you today? Fine. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Same here. Uh, thanks for joining me. This is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Do you have a challenge that you're experiencing in your real estate practice that you would like us to address? Well, I think that what's happened um, for, with this market is that's what's challenging because, um, I mean, I have a listing, a perfect example. I have a listing that in a country club where there aren't a lot of houses available. There used to be, but because of this market, there's not and definitely not in the price range that mine is. So every day I'm getting phone calls and I'm trying to explain to the family who decided one of the members that they may take the house. The so instead of selling it. So I said, well, we have to do something. First of all, I know what it's like to be on the other side, the agents looking up for listings that aren't there and they see them in a country club and the price, they're gonna try and, you know, they wanna show it to their customers. They have people, I'm in Florida, there are people flying in for the weekend because of Memorial Day and agents are trying to find houses. Um, I went through this a couple of weeks ago and I felt terrible that I, as I would pull a house off the internet to show my customer that day, it was gone, you know? So I was running out of inventory to show them. Sure. That's the one big, pro that's one problem. And the other thing is now they've really become real bidding wars. Um, I took a class on really understanding a good CMA. And I knew before I always felt that I was really good at it anyway, but I did. And meanwhile, I go, perfect example, yesterday, a customer of mine called, house just listed the day before. They'd love to, for me to go over, check it out, take a video. We'll write an offer right then and there. They're not here, but they'll write the offer and come down for the inspection. I knew the agent because I do like to know the agents, and I knew the, the listing agent. And the listing agent called me in the afternoon, and he said, are you still putting in an offer? I said, yes. So I told him the amount. He said, it's way too low. So then I called him back. And they said, well, they really didn't want to go over a certain amount. And I said that it wasn't an expensive house at all compared to many other developments. But this was definitely going to be the most expensive one right now that is sold. And so they said, well, we'll go up a little, but it doesn't make sense when all the others, for example, most of the houses sold are in the 300s in the past, including since January. To, you know, because that's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at before, since January. This house is listed in the force. Then I, we raised it to 420. It was originally 409. He said, you're not even close. So my people, of course, said, you know, they didn't really want to go higher. They didn't want to be the most expensive house. They didn't feel the community warranted that price home to sell there. So they're, now I'm going to look for another community, maybe, that they might have a chance to see. But that 1,700 units in this community, and we're talking about houses, villas, condos, 
and only one condo and one house on the market. Wow. Okay. So um, I'm hearing that you have a tight inventory. There's not a lot to sell. Right. Uh, I'm hearing that you, I heard two things. I heard that you were working on the sell side with a seller and that they, they ended up pulling their home for their own personal reasons because they wanted to work with a family member or something. Uh, and that there's nothing you can do about that. That's a condition, right? right. That's well, the seller's decision. Right. Um, and I can understand that, but I, what I need to change the MLS and they all this time, they want it listed. <laughs> That's sure. What. Well, you just, you just, you've got to do what your client tells you. That's, you know, you're following the rules and you just have to disclose that to everybody. I know that's frustrating for them, but that's right. the way it goes. Now, the other question you have is when you're working with a buyer in a hot market and the buyer, uh, you, you know, the, these prices are going up. There's not a lot of comps, not current comps. Uh, even if there are, the prices are jumping rapidly, which as you know, because you you know down the line you're going to have an appraisal problem as well if you have to a loan or financing, uh, and and these are challenges. These are always challenges right. when the market goes crazy like this, and it does all all throughout time. It goes up and down and up and down. And a year no, or two from now, maybe completely different. But that's what you're in right now. Uh, the only advice I have for you in that situation is the education of your buyer of. Yeah, as they're getting in, telling them exactly the way the market is and giving them a lot of stories and examples of times that have happened with other people. And you, you should pepper in maybe a story of failure and you right, should pepper in I... a, a story of success right. so that they know what the two options are because they're probably going to have to uh, raise their bid. You can tell them just the story you told me that you got 1,700 properties in this area and only two for sale. That's, right. That really is graphic. It's a picture of what's going on. You could even maybe show it graphically uh, on some kind of map for people that need to look at it. Uh, the other last thought I have there is when we were in markets like this in the past, and we have been, um, an example I have is one time I was working with a buyer and we were the 74th offer on a property. So this is not unusual. I mean, that was 15, almost 20 years ago. So these mm -hmm. markets go up and down right? just for people that don't have the perspective and they're listening to us. Right. But the thing that we learned is sometimes you got to go to the school of hard knocks. That's what I used to call it. And, and what you need to do is make the buyer make an offer. Just whatever the list, it was really smart of you to go to the listing agent, but whatever they say, just make an offer. For instance, maybe that really great offer he has in his hand falls apart. Uh, you right. don't know. So go ahead and write your offer get the buyer out there. And we used to have it where we'd have a buyer fail two, three, four times before they would get, oh my gosh, I'm I'm losing out on the home I just love. I need to raise my offer and right. become a competitive person in this game, or I need to leave this market. And they are the only ones that can decide that, but you can kind of help educate them. You're trying to right. speed them up to that point of decision as quickly as possible. Yeah, that, no, that's a good, I mean, I, I also felt that one of the things I would have approached it a little different too, I, because of the market and there's so few homes in that particular, I went back and I started comparing similar communities nearby that offered the same type of things, what their price homes were, and then you saw it. And I should have done that. Uh, but such a big community, who would think, you know? And so I just went back to see the comps that had sold or that were pending. 
and now I definitely would go to the surrounding areas. Um, um, a couple other things you can do that I just kind of thought of, uh, going back to that listing agent, you could say, hey, can you help me prove the value of this property? Can you show me comps that I'm missing or uh, things that are happening that would justify this price to my buyer? Is there any, any, any information that you have that I'm not seeing? They might know of uh, properties that have sold that are not in the MLS, or they may just tell sure. you this is what the seller wants, or you're sure. going to get some feedback there. The other thing is, and I, I imagine you did this, but when you're talking to a listing agent, ask what are the important things to this seller? What are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to sell this to buy another home? In other words, they need a rent back situation or can I somehow time the closing well for them? Do they need their money fast? Do they need to take some time? Uh, are there possessions in the property they're concerned about? If you could mit, write this offer to match exactly whatever that seller wants, right. it, I know it sounds crazy to people who haven't seen this happen, but sellers will accept less than the highest bid when it matches everything that they want. Right. Well, that's what I tried to find out actually yesterday when you called me and you happened to mention something like that. Right. I did call him back because I do have a a relationship with this agent. I mean, I know him. I actually worked for his company at one time. And so uh, he, he said, well, they'd like to close in July. They had a lot of furniture and my customers did, didn't want, weren't looking to buy any furniture. So they needed till July and anything else I could. My customers, they were putting down 30% cash. Wow. Nice. Yes. So I was mean, this we, the cash buyer? This was a cash buyer, yes, wasn't it? Yes. Wow, I, I definitely would have made an offer, even if it was lower than what the seller wanted, because cash is is loud. It speaks. I know. Mainly because even though you leave the appraisal condition in there, I would recommend that. But the seller knows that they don't have to follow that if the appraisal doesn't come in. If it's just right. off by five or ten grand, they may just accept it the way it is. Whereas if they have a finance deal, they're going to have to do something where oh, the buyer comes up with cash or the seller comes down right. and, it, you know, FHA loans would typically stick to the property and all kinds of uh, appraisals, oh, I mean, I FHA appraisals. So yeah, yeah. I, with that cash deal, if you have a cash buyer, you really are in a power position. I, I, you might go back to your client and say, you know what, I'm not sure what's happening there, but if you're interested, why don't we write an offer anyway and at least get you in the running and you can write it with the price you want and then let the other side try to negotiate you up and see how right. serious your buyer is. It only, it's only going to take a couple hours versus going out and finding another oh, property absolutely. or waiting for another property to come on. Absolutely. Yeah, but these markets are tough. Now, Linda, remind me, how long have you been in the industry? I've had my license since 2002, but really the past eight, nine years working full time. So you've seen these markets ebb and flow, you know that they yes. come in and out and and that yes. the, the people's, these negotiations can be really tough. This It's tough right now because the market's going so fast, so fast, so fast, so fast. Right. But if you remember one of those slow markets you were in, they are just as miserable for different reasons, right? right. <laughs> it takes forever well, to get something right. together. Right. Well, I had a perfect example. I live in a golf country club that has 324 homes. And until this year, they usually had about 20 to 25 homes on the market at any time. They have three. 
Wow. My listing, which is at $4.99, and the other two are over a million. Wow. Yeah. So it's really limited inventory, especially for someone who's trying to come in affordable. Yes. Yeah. No, well, mine is really the a reno. So that, uh, but that that's uh, what they're looking for. I mean, there are, I keep getting phone calls. I mean, nonstop. Right. We had a contract. They wrote, you know, someone wrote a contract and the family said, we're waiting to decide. And there's nothing you can do on that other than tell everybody and maybe try to use that, right? You try to use that to motivate the other side to improve their offer. So now you're talking about if you're working on the sell side and your seller is hesitating uh, because maybe they have, again, a condition you can't do anything about. They want to uh, transfer this to a family member. Right. Um, but you could go back to your buyers and say, Hey, you know, they're, they're, they don't know what they're doing, uh, as far as they're another opportunity. And you can either try to improve your offer or wait or look for something else. Uh, but that may stimulate them to raise their offer and it may pique well, the interest of your seller. Um, well, that I did that we did do, we did do that. So yeah. it's, um, what's happening also, apparently I, because I discussed this with other agents, they call me. And, you know, as soon as I explain the situation with the listing, we start talking. This seems to be happening down here in South Florida a lot now, where the family members, knowing that there's so few homes, that rather than, even though they listed them, all of a sudden they're decided maybe we'll hold on to it because we'll use it till we find something ourselves. So there, a lot of agents are having this happen. So... What, what do you think is the driver there? What is the reason that the, uh, that the sellers are holding off? Is it because the seller doesn't think they Pandemic. can find another home and they're worried about moving? Or is it because they see that this is a valuable asset right now and I want to see how high the market goes? Well, I think part of it is the pandemic not maybe not knowing if they want to be down here themselves, like maybe the parents were here and they're not sure whether they want to take be down here or not. So why should we give away when we have something to start, you know, to start looking to try and find something where we at least have that. So the family will use that until they're ready to find. Are these owner occupied homes? No, or... it isn't all old. It's not all old. Okay. It's all different ages. No. And and so I mean, do the, does the owner live in the property or do is this like a the second home? One, the one that I have is no. The, the, she passed away. Oh, okay. So it's an estate so, sale. Yes, it's an estate sale, but it's also a country club. And the country clubs have been flying off. You know, people are moving because of the pandemic, because they were stuck in last year in the winter inside, no place to go or walk. And so what the pandemic did is it made golf popular again, that women who never bothered to play golf before, all of a sudden are playing five days a week. Sure. <laughs> it's really, it's really is a boost to definitely that sport. Well, every sport that you can get outdoor. Yeah, I, I'm a mountain biker and my mountain that I ride on now has five to 10 times as many people as it did pre-pandemic. So it's happening everywhere. And the tight markets are happening all across the U.S. Right. Uh, I just spoke to Canada a couple of days ago, all over Canada, uh, Australia. It's everywhere because of all the free money that's going on. I know. Um, and, and again, it's just the market that we have to deal with. That's the way it is. 
and we're trying to think of strategies for how can you accomplish what you want to do. Again, you're giving me though conditions. You really can't change the seller's mind. And so what, how do you move forward with this in this kind of market? I think one thing is you try to make sure your seller is really motivated for X, Y, Z reasons. And if they're not, you got to know that things can get dicey and you might end up spending some time. Now you may still roll the dice and want to do it. It's just, if you can find the super motivated seller who needs the money or needs to move for some reasons, you're going to have a higher probability of making it work. Um, And you may decide again to take that listing anyway, because you can put the sign up and you can get more leads and buyers that come in and maybe they have a home to sell and other other concepts you can market to the neighborhood. Right. Um, uh, however, those are wheel spinners. They're not income generators. And right. so that's why I'm saying you can look for that super motivated. And the same thing's happening on the buy side, isn't it? You really have to find a super motivated buyer uh, and then as strongly qualified as possible, either with a huge right. down payment and or cash like you just had. And you just mentioned cash with a 30% down right. earnest money. I mean, that's how can a seller not look at that? Right. Uh, but I, if they have five of those, I guess they don't have to. I'd, I'd still go back to your buyer that has all that cash and say, hey, do you want to want to put an offer on this and at least see? Right. Yeah. All right. Cash talks. Yeah. And you don't know if the other side's bluffing. Let me tell you that as well. Um, maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're saying a half truth or maybe they know half the information. Like maybe they... They heard a great offers coming in and that's what they're telling you, but they don't have it in hand yet. Or maybe they have one in hand, but the financing is a little shaky or, you know, anything could happen. Right. Right. So that's the other reason for in this kind of market, try to put as many transactions together and be excited and embrace the fact that it's a numbers game and a percentage game and that you got to put 10 offers out there to get five, six accepted and closed. Right. Right. And be happy about it because, again, if the long view, when you're in a down, dead market, it's just a whole nother bag of problems on the other side. Right. Buyers can't get financing and they can't qualify and they can't get these things closed that you can't, you know, you can't get the appraisal done for a different reason. So this, this is good that we're talking about it. Have you come up with any other solutions that either you have done or seen other agents do in these fast markets? Um, well, as far as, you know, it's funny, I happened to be someplace and someone was talking on the phone and my ears picked up. She must be a real, either either in real estate or mortgage. And she said, what they're doing now is with, there's new systems and I have to talk to our mortgage person, but they are getting not only pre-approval, but they've actually had the numbers crunched already. So when they're submitting that offer, they have those numbers there already with the from the mortgage company. Let me address that a little bit. I might be able to help because uh, I've got a background in some mortgage work. So, and again, I don't know about the current market, but I assume it's the same as what we used to do. And that is there are different levels of quality of qualification of this buyer moving along. Right. And sometimes those terms get mixed up or used differently. But one idea is, uh, a pre-qualification where somebody's just looked at the numbers real quick. That was the old days. In fact, real right. estate agents used to do it. We used to do it ourselves. We'd run the numbers right. and that gives you a ballpark. The next one is a credit is pulled. 
uh, and that would be the next section, next level up of qualification. Then the next one up from there is you go through a pre-approval process where it goes through either what they call pre-approval or pre-underwriting. And that's where it goes into an automated system and reviews this buyer with the assumption that everything they told you was correct. And that comes back with conditions that have to be met in order for the loan to go through. So that's a higher level of qualification. Yeah. And then what you, you may be hearing is the next level up, which is where the verifications have been done, where they've already checked out this person's uh, employment. They've checked out um, uh, all of their uh, bank accounts. They've checked right, so out all these, these things in the, that could get messed up along the way. Right. And they're getting these, these people literally all the way up to a closing, except for the property picked and the appraisal. Right. That's what it sounded like. You're right. And the other thing I've heard to try to speed things along is some agents are ordering that appraisal. Uh, it, two things. If they're closing fast, they want to order the appraisal quickly to try to get it done in time because appraisals are taking longer to get done. Some agents, though, are waiting to the very last minute to do the appraisal hoping that some more comps come in to elevate and, and substantiate that price, right? And so that's another strategy that people are working with this price problem. And then of course the others you've heard, which are buyer comes up with more cash or seller brings the price right. down or they right. meet somewhere in the middle and just becomes another negotiation and right. whether your buyer has the ability to do it or not. Right. Um, if you get into those, crazy ones where you're trying to do something that's really strange for anyone listening. I, I recommend that you have a small earnest money or small risk if you don't think that's going to close. Now, in your situation where you got a cash buyer, you can put up a larger earnest money uh, because you're pretty confident they're going to be able to close it. At least you hope they've told right. you all the correct information. Have you verified, for instance, your buyer's cash position or have you just taken their word for it? Um. Well, I'm pretty sure, I mean, when I sold them a condo four years ago and they said that if they like the community, they're going to buy a house. And they said they don't have to sell the condo in order to buy the house. Um, he was a, you know, a, a dentist. So I'm assuming that, you know, they're semi-retired. <laughs> sure. But people can be over-leveraged and they could have had a great career. Right. So what, one of the things you might do then is with your offer, if ask your client first but and make sure they're okay with it but you might bring in a bank statement with your offer verifying or substantiating the cash right that it's either sitting in a bank account or sitting in a stock account or something that could be easily liquidated to close the transaction out to give that seller the confidence that oh my gosh this really is a cash buyer who can close and if your buyer is concerned say well if you were on the other side and you were the seller and you got this hot market and you don't want right. to take your property off the market. Wouldn't you want to no. verify that there's really cash there? Well, all we're doing is front loading this thing so that you win over the other five buyers that want the place. Right. No, I've done that actually in the past, but you're right. That's what, and it does make a difference. Yeah. You're just trying to figure yes. out how to position. It's right. like any good negotiator. You find out the strengths of your side and that's where mm -hmm. you want to go with it. You've got this cash buyer. That's where you want to go. Right. You had a uh, finance buyer, then you'd want to look for other ways that you could close with time or conditions right. or something that would benefit that seller. Like, again, find out where they're going. Do they need extra time? Do they need a rent back? 
A cash buyer can do a rent back for any length of time. Exactly. Uh, a finance buyer has limitations to get to talk to their lender to find out, but they can typically go out 30, 60, 90 days to try to help that seller find their next home. Um, so there are the advantages. You could also, uh, just some other concepts. I don't know, do you have new construction in your market? Yes. So if you're working with a buyer, that's all interest, very interesting because you can lock in prices today uh, and then they close six months or nine months later whenever the home is constructed. Now I know new construction has all kinds of other challenges right now with pricing right. going up with wood and uh, uh, copper and all the things that they're putting in the home. Uh, but just a long-term strategy to, to think of. Anything else that, that, you, that you would like us to address on this call before we wrap it up? Um, no, other than I really enjoy your summit in the summer. Oh, that's awesome. Linda, I I, really I'm glad do. you were there. Yes, I've, I'd say it past four years. I've awesome. And it's it. very helpful for you? Yes, yes. Cool. Well, Linda, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And, and we're, I, again, I hope this has been beneficial for you. And hopefully if people listen to us, it'll be beneficial to them. Uh, I, again, I hope you well with the offer. Keep me updated. Send me an email. Tell me if you get this thing accepted or not. I definitely will. All I right, definitely cool. will. Thank you. you I enjoyed it too. Hey, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Hey, this is Mike after the call, and uh, I realized that I didn't give Linda an assignment, and that was my mistake. Uh, if you are listening and you would like an assignment so that you could get some ideas on how to beat this thing, here it is. Uh, take a piece of paper, and I want you to write down as many ideas as you can about how you would represent a buyer in this hot market. Just write all the ideas that you've ever heard about, about how you could position your buyer to win in this hot market. Uh, and that way you're going to create yourself a little list so that when you're in the heat of the moment and you're working with that buyer and you, your mind is not there for whatever reason, you could take a look at that list and go, oh yeah, you know, I just forgot about number seven. What a great idea. I should try that here. Uh, so that's your assignment. If you decide to take it, to get it done within the next 48 hours, uh, write down a list, do it right now. If you can just start writing down a list of all the ideas that you have for how you would represent a buyer in a super hot market. How could you help them position themselves so they could win in that negotiation when it's a multiple offer situation? All right, I hope that helps. Take care. Well, that's it for Agent Unstuck Calls. It was a lot of fun today. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and click that like button. And if you want to hear more calls like this, go ahead and subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you know exactly when the next episode is coming out. And if you have any thoughts about what you heard today and you'd like to relay that to everyone else, go ahead and put that down in the comment section so people can talk about it. And finally, if you're stuck in your real estate career, you're a veteran who's having some challenges and you can't figure out how to get to that next step, go ahead and schedule yourself an unstuck call. Just go to agentunstuckcall.com. That's agentunstuckcall.com. And let's get you scheduled in. You'll go in there, you'll fill out a quick survey, you'll find a time that works for you, and we'll get on a call just like this and see if we can't get you some answers. All right, this has been a lot of fun. I'm your host, Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. And again, thank you for joining us on Agent Unstuck Calls. Take care.